energy so stalling, yeah. Everybody's running scared. We used to be so carefree, we used to be so happy, used to have everything we need. Welcome to Village Mentality, where melanated people are connected in spirit, love, and community. What's up, kings and queens? Beautiful people everywhere. It's your girl, CK McGee, and I'm your host. there, beautiful people. How's everyone doing? I pray that you're all doing as well as you can be. Welcome back for another episode of Village Mentality. I'm so glad to have you all here with me in the village, and you're welcome to join me each and every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'd also like to give a warm welcome to those of you who may be tuning in for the very first time. If you're looking to see what Village Mentality is all about, you're welcome to catch up on all previous episodes of Village Mentality on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, and The Awakened Lounge. I also provide links to each episode on both Instagram and Facebook, and I'll share those with you at the end of the show. But thanks again to all of you for joining. Here's just a little bit about myself, if you didn't know, but as a mental health advocate with lived experience with mental health conditions, and I make that specification because it could also be with substance abuse issues. Um, You know, sometimes substance abuse can be a separate issue or it could be co-occurring with mental health conditions. My lived experience is with mental health conditions, right? So each week I'll be talking about different topics that could impact our mental health. And I'm focused on BIPOC communities because as an African-American woman, I'm extremely concerned about communities of color and their mental health. Now, as far as our mental health is concerned, it really doesn't matter who you are or where you're from because we can all be impacted. And that is something that we all must know and understand. We may not all have mental illness, but we do all have mental health. And we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to take care of it. The purpose of this podcast is to bring awareness to the many different ways in which our mental health can be affected, showing that poor mental health outcomes are not always caused by chemical imbalance, but it can also be from the various stressors, trauma, or circumstances that we all face from time to time in our lives. Through education and advocacy by individuals like myself who have lived experience, whether it be with mental health conditions or substance use, the hope is that we'll be able to show up in more effective ways to support those around us as they may be suffering. Okay. Now the stigma of mental illness and conversations about our mental health 
it can be more difficult for marginalized and intersectional groups. And it interferes with our ability to take care of our mental health as we should. Now, I'm a huge fan of self-care, and I do believe that it's a very important tool. And I encourage us all to use it in our daily lives, or at least to set aside some time for it on the weekends. Now, there are so many different ways, beautiful people, that we can practice self-care, especially when we view it holistically. Benefits of learning to take care of ourselves extends beyond ourselves, and it has a positive impact on all those whom we encounter. Now, there's something that I'd like to add about you know what I just said. I completely understand that for someone who is in crisis, or who may be experiencing emotional distress, that self-care will be the furthest thing from your mind. Trust me, I get that. Because in all truth, self-care is something that you grow into. It's, it's not an automatic thing, especially if you've been in crisis. But what's important about it is that when we begin the process of learning how to identify the things that we need to do in order to take better care of ourselves, not only do you feel good once you do begin to practice, you'll be able to show up for others more effectively as well. Self-care is also a part of our recovery journey, okay? whatever that journey may be for you. And it takes time to get there, especially if you've been struggling. So for all those out there who may believe that self-care is indulgent, here's the thing. It can be as simple as a busy wife and mother who wakes up earlier in the morning than her family so that she can have just a little bit of time to herself, right? To get herself ready for a busy day, you know? Having those moments to herself will help her to show up better for her family. It'll help her to be more um, capable, if you will, of managing all that the day will bring. For dads out there, it may be time spent at the gym, a weekly card game with the fellas, basketball game, whatever. Maybe you're going to the barbershop, you know, where some good conversations are taking place and some venting is happening. You know, just simple stuff like that. Also be a form of self-care. Self-care is for everyone, all right? For everybody. And we need to realize that it's about self-preservation. And if we can recognize that cars run once we put gas in them, then maybe we can understand that we too need to have a way to refuel, okay? To replenish all the energy that we give in helping others. So I ask Village that you just please take the time to practice some form of self-care. Check in with your needs and live each day in a way that protects your mental health because it's an integral part of your total well-being. And again, if we're to show up for the people in our lives that we care for and care about, and self-care is one of the best ways that we can do that. It'll rejuvenate our spirits and souls so that we can continue to be the fantabulous kings and queens that we most definitely are. And I'll be right here to remind us of that fact each and every week. And if you've heard the show before, then you know that there'll be plenty of music too. Now Village, you know how I'm always talking to you about the Billboard Hot 100 you know, when I'm sharing information with you about the history of all the songs that I play here on the show, right? Well, I thought that we could listen to some of the biggest hits from the 90s 
according to Billboard, that is. So I hope that you'll sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. First up, beautiful people, is this American R&B duo who released their debut studio album, Love Always, in 1997. Music critics have said that it is their most successful song. It topped the Billboard Hot 100 for three consecutive weeks and it was certified platinum. Here's KC and JoJo branching out on their own as members from the group Jodeci with All My Life. Same way to 
That was Toni Braxton, Unbreak My Heart, from her second album, Secrets, released in 1996. The song was written by Diane Warren and produced by David Foster. It won Best Female Pop Vocal Performance at the 39th Annual Grammy Awards in 1997, and it sold over 10 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling singles of all time. Well, Village, you know me. I like to talk, take a little time and talk about some things, right? Whether it's about current events, entertainment, or something that's just on my mind. So why don't we get into my segment called Let's Talk About It. All right, Village, so I got lots to talk about today, so let's get started. Now, one of the many designations in the month of January is Mental Wellness Awareness Month, right? This month kicks off the year with ways that we can focus on and promote mental wellness. So keeping in the spirit of this desire, I thought that I would talk about 10 things that we can do our mental health. Now, these tips that I'll be sharing um, you know, a focus on balance and or rebalancing yourself, okay? So we're looking for balance or rebalancing ourselves for this year. So first up, we need to value ourselves, okay? You know, we got to treat ourselves with kindness and respect and avoid self-criticism or negative self-talk. Okay, because we know that we can all we can be our own worst critics, right? I know that I can tear myself down, honey, and I have to like remind myself not to do that. So, again, I'm talking to me too, village, right? Make time for some hobbies that you're interested in, maybe some favorite projects that you might be working on. There's nothing like broadening your horizons, okay? Perhaps you like crossword puzzles, or you have something that I don't have a green thumb, and you may want to plant a garden, okay? Maybe get your groove on and take dance lessons. Learn to play an instrument, all right, which would be very rewarding. When I was younger, I did play the violin. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, um, you know, <clears throat> you can do something like learning how to cook or learning another language. I know for myself, I would love to brush up on the languages that I did take while I was which were um, French and Spanish, right? Learning to take care of our bodies. Now, we can incorporate more healthy foods in our diet. And if you're a smoker or a vapor, perhaps you may want to consider getting cessation help, right? Drinking plenty of water is something that is recommended because staying hydrated is a way, you know, that keeps you from being dehydrated, and I'll tell you, you have no idea the complications that dehydration can cause, right? Exercise is something to consider. You know, I like to think about how fortunate I am to be able to move my body, okay? Because I'm, I'm very much aware of the fact that there are those of our brothers and sisters out there who are not able to do that. Okay, and I mean, whether you're at the gym, if you like to hike, if you're riding a bike, whatever, even take the stairs at work instead of the elevator. Okay, another thing we want to do is to surround ourselves with good people. 
okay? Sometimes we're so used to all that drama and mediocrity that we don't always recognize that it's just not healthy, beautiful people. Nobody wants to be around toxic people, toxic relationships, okay? People with strong family or social connection are generally healthier than those without a support network. And sleep is always in the building. It's always going to be a part of the conversation because it's important. All right. It is very important that we have a healthy sleep routine because that too can cause a lot of complications, symptoms like irritability. All right. Um, you know, a lot of people think that they can just go in and going with a few hours of sleep, but it will catch up to you. Your body does have a way of letting you know that you need to go sit down somewhere sometimes. All right. Now, you can make plans with supportive, supportive family members. Notice how I did not just say, surround yourself with family, okay? I said supportive family members, friends, community, etc. Now as a supporter, all right, we must be able to meet a person where they are at, not where you think they should be. You have to give them the opportunity to determine for themselves what their recovery journey looks like or what they might think is best for them. And then make the decision to support them through it on their own terms, in their own time. Because the truth of the matter is, if we put the shoe on the other foot, isn't that what you would want? Next up, give of yourself, all right? When we give our time and energy to help someone else, doesn't that make you feel good, you know? When you're doing something tangible to help someone who's in need, and also, it's a great way to meet new people, right? We definitely, Village, definitely, we need to learn how to deal with stress, honey. All right? I talk about this often because it's really important, Village. Whether we like it or not, stress is going to be a part of our lives, right? But sometimes it will be helpful if we learn that managing stress okay um comes goes along with having like healthy coping skills so for instance we can recognize that stress exists it's never going to be a time when there's no stress right that's what i'm saying but we just need to learn how to manage it and having coping skills in order to alleviate the stress as much as possible be good for us all right so if you need to take a nice walk somewhere maybe take care of your fur babies have a gratitude journal and, and count your blessings. Think about how, you know, well off you are. And I'm not talking about in a monetary sense. You have a roof over your head, clothes on your back, a place to lay your head at night, food on the table, people who love and care about you, things like that, right? But it's something as simple as, you know, I don't know, smiling more. Remember, remembering the humor in life, you know? laughing at stuff that can always make you feel good right research has even shown that laughter is a boost to our immune system so it also helps to ease pain it relaxes your body and ultimately it will help to reduce the stress all right we also have to learn how to quiet our minds now village have you ever had thoughts that constantly race through your mind to the extent that sometimes you may lose focus or even sleep. 
that sound familiar at all to anybody? Well, it sure does happen to me, which is what brings me to this next step. We got to learn to quiet our minds. Meditation, prayer, the practice of mindfulness. These are some ways that can help us with this, all right? These are things that work to improve your state of mind and your outlook on life. It's about connection, spiritual connection, if you will. And in my life, this has been so beneficial, whether it has been prayer or the attempts that I am making to meditate. I'm still working on that, y'all. But mindfulness is something else that I've been working on, and it has been making a huge difference. And I hope that you'll find that one of these tips can be something that works for you as well. We also need to set realistic goals. I am truly learning the importance of this tip because what we want to do is to set ourselves up for success, right? I learned how to do this, you know, to have the mentality that I need to take things step by step and not attempt to eat the whole pie, so to speak. Right? I don't want to become overwhelmed and then discontinue whatever it was that I was endeavoring to do. Make sense? So make a determination about what it is that you'd like to do, whether it's academically, professionally, and personally. And by being realistic with the goals that you set, you give yourself a better chance to achieve them, which will make you feel so good, I promise. You're gonna feel accomplished and your self-worth will go through the roof with each goal that you reach. And I hope, I really do hope, that you all get to experience that beautiful people. It's a wonderful feeling, okay? There are times when you're gonna feel like you're doing the same things over and over and over and over, and you might feel kind of bored. That's when we realize that it's time for us to break the monotony, which is our next, next tip. Break the monotony. Now for me, having a routine has been quite helpful in my mental health recovery journey because it helps me to be more efficient and it definitely enhances my feelings of security. But one of the most important things that I've learned is that I need to be flexible even in the midst of the routines that I have in my life. And guess what? I am still able to accomplish everything as a result. And when I do not accomplish, maybe in the time that I've allotted, it feels good to have that flexibility. It gives me more time. Knowing that, for instance, if I'm not ready to exercise in the morning, that perhaps I may do it in the afternoon or early evening, it feels just as good. Now with this next tip village, I'm not gonna act like I do not indulge in the occasional adult beverage, but we do need to consider avoiding alcohol and other substances, right? We don't wanna use these as a way to self-medicate because the reality is that it's only going to exacerbate the issues that you may be facing, and that won't be helpful to you in the long run. In fact, it will only complicate things further. So think about keeping it to a minimum, all right? Or perhaps you don't need to use these substances at all if you notice that they are becoming an issue for you, all right? And last but certainly not least, get help when you need it. Now, kings and queens, I'm learning that seeking help, it's not a sign of weakness. And it's hard for me to ask for help. Did you hear what I said? 
It's hard for me to ask for help. So I get it. I always think it's a combination of not wanting to be a burden or feeling like I can't depend on anyone. <laughs> and that I just need to do things on my own because I'm the only one who has the most desire to see me win, you know? But I know that with all that I'm working through, I cannot do it alone. And seeking the help of a mental health professional is my goal indeed. I have been fortunate to have successful experiences with previous therapists, and I'll be doing the research to continue that work with someone new, all right? But also, you know, friends, family, coworkers, community, you know, um, leaders or mentors are also people that we can reach out for help, all right? So Village, there you have it. Let's make our mental health and wellness a priority. You dig? Years to brighter days. Beautiful people, I saw this news story the other day and thought it was worth talking about because more and more we're seeing parents of biracial children who may or may not be sure at times um, as to what is best for their children in terms of nurturing them holistically, that understanding just how important it is for them to be able to embrace their complete identity without shame or embarrassment, right? So I'm, I'm basically talking about parenting diversity. You know me, Village. Before we can get into the thick of things, let's see if I can give us a better understanding of what multicultural, excuse me, multicultural parenting is. A little tongue-tied, sorry. Multicultural parenting is intentionally teaching our children about the cultural differences, ideas, and traditions that surround them and those that don't, okay? It is proactively exposing our children to the world. Now, in parenting diversity, you want to raise a you want to raise a well-rounded, tolerant, accepting, happy king or queen in training, as I like to call them. And it's about teaching your children about the culture that forms their identity. You cannot just assume that they know or, you know, that they appreciate and accept those parts of them that make up the whole. So here are some more tips that I'm hoping will be helpful to those of you village who are parents of diverse children. But first, acknowledge differences. Our children begin to notice physical differences at rather young ages, okay? So they're, they're noticing it probably before you realize they are. The color of their skin, the texture of their hair, all right? They're going to be naturally curious and they simply want and need to learn. When we overexamine differences, it may signal to them that something is wrong. So let your children know that while we may look different on the outside, we are the same on the inside to assure them that there's nothing wrong with their differences, right? And Dr. Alvin Poussant, who's an MD and also a professor of psychiatry at Harvard University and co-author of Raising Black Children, says that we should use analogies that our children can understand. So, for instance, something like ice cream may be a good way to talk to them about the different flavors, right? There are different flavors, but they're all good. 
you know, so things like that, something simple that they can understand, especially if they're like really young. Next up, be a positive role model. Most of us know that it's wrong to use derogatory terms to describe any ethnic group. But the truth is, many people do from time to time, muttering a racial slur at a bad driver or generalizing about an ethnic minority. And even people who do not articulate their prejudices are still likely to harbor hidden biases. And that is what studies show. So you wanna be sure to explore your own behavior and pay attention to the messages that you may be sending to your child. Because believe me, Village, they're watching you. They are watching you. They are watching you. So model the behavior that you would like to see. For example, if you're rude, your child is gonna be rude. But if you're polite, they'll be polite you're disrespectful, they're going to be disrespectful. But if you're friendly and respectful and polite, and not rude, then they're going to mirror those behaviors, okay? If you curse, one day you're gonna hear your child curse. You're gonna be wondering where they got it from. Truth of the matter is from you. So be a positive role model and model the behavior that you want to see. You are your child's first teacher, and you must lay a firm foundation upon which they stand because they're, you're, you're preparing them to get out into the world. They're going to be a representative of you, especially in their earlier years. And as they grow older and they formulate their own minds and opinions, then they're going to be responsible for their behavior, but at least give them a good head start, right? You can also talk to them about bigotry. Television can be a powerful way for young children to learn stereotypes. Did you know that? There are certain images that are ingrained in your children's minds very early on, like cartoons that show that villains always seem to have foreign names and beautiful princesses that are always featured as blonde and Caucasian. I think about the cartoons that I watched back in the day was a tremendous Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, all that, right? Tom and Jerry, big fan of all those cartoons. And watched them all the time as a kid. Now as a, an adult, looking back and watching those cartoons, oh my gosh, I did not realize like all of the stereotypes and like racial, I don't know, stories that's going on. Like Tom and Jerry, you know, when they're when they're on the farm and it's like basically like that Aunt Jemima like figure, all, all of those kinds of things. I, I'm, I'm so like stunned when I see it today, but I was watching all of that as, as a little kid. All right. So it does have an impact whenever you see those negative images um, in the news or anywhere. You need to be sure to point it out to your child and let that be an opportunity for you to teach them. And even if your children are the ones to make generalizations, you know, like all black kids in our school, they are really good at basketball. Mm, they be out there balling. And Asian kids, they do so well in math. What you wanna do is point out to them that while this may be the case in some instances, it is not representative of an entire race or ethnicity. You gotta make sure that they know not to make generalizations, but to learn about people individually, 
about learning to appreciate the things that make them special as a person, right? We also want to encourage empathy. When your child can put themselves in someone else's shoes, it'll be less likely that they'll tease someone else for being different. So talk to them about how they would feel if they were being judged for their physical appearances. It's about raising your children to celebrate their diverse heritage and making sure that they are comfortable in their identity. That is something that can be done if they're multilingual, you know, it can be done through cultural traditions and it can be done through food. Now there are many, many more tips out there, beautiful people. And you know, as always, I encourage you to do your own research. Kings and Queens, Black History Month is just a few weeks away. And we're always talking about the fact that, first of all, Black history is American history. And it can be talked about 365 days of the year, right? Well, I plan to do just that, at least every Wednesday evening, that is. I'll be sharing information with you on Black history throughout the year so that we can all learn together. Now, these facts are going to be taken from my ebony calendar, which I absolutely love, right? So on this day in 1975, George and Wheezy Jefferson were moving on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Yes, beautiful people. Jefferson's on the air for 11 seasons, right? And it had a total of 253 episodes. It was one of the longest running sitcoms in the history of American television. So just to be clear, today, January 18th, 1975, The Jeffersons aired. Now it was launched as the second spinoff of All in the Family, where the Jeffersons were the neighbors of Archie and Edith Bunker. The show was created by Norman Lear, who was considered to be a prolific producer. Unlike some of his other shows, this one focused less on political dialogue and it dealt more with the interactions between the characters. But as some of us that watch know, it did also tackle a few serious topics, including racism, suicide, gun control, and adult illiteracy. Now there were some racial slurs that were often used on both sides especially during earlier seasons. Did you know, Village, that there was a spinoff from the Jeffersons called Checking In? It's centered around Florence Johnston, their maid. I have to tell you, I do not remember that. But it only had four episodes, and then Florence came on back to the east side to be with the Jeffersons. Now, the show ended in controversy after CBS abruptly canceled the series without allowing for a proper series finale. The cast was not informed until after the show, June 25th, 1985. That episode was called Red Robins. Now, actor Sherman Hemsley, who played George Jefferson, he said that he found out by reading about it in the paper. The cast would later reunite in a stage play based on the sitcom. 
In the series finale of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in 1996, the Jeffersons made a guest appearance and bought the house from the Banks family. And in an episode of Tyler Perry's House of Pain, Sherman Hemsley and Marla Gibbs, who played Florence, reprised their roles. And that, Village, is Black History Wednesday.
That was American recording artist Amy Grant with Baby Baby from her eighth studio album, Heart in Motion, released in 1991. It was written by Keith Thomas, excuse me, Keith Thomas and Amy Grant. And it topped the Billboard Hot 100 for two consecutive weeks, becoming the first in a string of hits. Next song was written and produced by this American recording artist. And it was released by Rough House and Columbia Records in 1998. This was her first and only number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. And it was the first US number one hit that was written, produced and recorded by one woman. And that hadn't happened since Debbie Gibson with Lost in Your Eyes. It debuted at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 making it only the 10th song in the chart's history to do so. Now, just to be clear, it was the first debut single to hit the top spot on the Billboard chart. It was also the first hip hop song to do that. So from her album, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, here's Lauryn Hill herself, who is also a member of the Fugees with doo-wop, that thing. And when we come back, I will get into today's topic. Girls, you know you better watch out. Some guys, some guys are only about that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing, that thing, that Jezebel and who you gonna tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your ass cause you thinking it's a trend, girlfriend. Let me break it down for you again. You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gem, baby girl. Respect is just the minimum. When you still defending them now, Lauren is only human. Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. Let it sit inside your head like a million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their souls because of sin. Look at where you be in, hair weaves like Europeans, fake nails done by Koreans. Come again. Punk domestic violence, men are quick to shoot the semen, stop acting like boys and be men. How you gonna win 
within How you gon' win when you ain't right within Uh-uh, come again Okay, kings and queens. So this evening, I'd like to talk with you about building recovery into our day. As always, beautiful people, everything that I speak to you about at the core of it is really a conversation about mental health. For individuals like myself with lived experience, I can tell you that one of the most important things about my personal mental health recovery journey was discovering that recovery was possible. So long, people in the mental health community with mental health conditions, diagnosis, or life disruptions have been treated like there was no hope for them to have the kind of lives that they endeavored to live. And most of the time, others were in control of your fate. They made choices that were not always beneficial to, to us. So I thought it was important to talk about this, especially for those of you who may also have lived experience or you may know someone that's currently struggling because effective support is a key component in the recovery process. One of the best ways that our friends, family, coworkers, and community members can be supportive is through education and awareness. One of the first things that we have to realize is that everyone's path to wellness is different. Every aspect of wellness and affect a person's life. So working toward all of them in one way or another is a great goal. Wellness relates directly to the quality of a person's life. And these days, I mean, I know this for myself, I am in pursuit of just that, quality of life. Treatment and recovery are ongoing processes that happen over time. Recovery doesn't just happen overnight. It takes time and it's important for the individual who's struggling to know that and for their natural supports and mental health professionals, right? So what is recovery? Recovery from mental health conditions and or substance abuse is a process of change through which individuals can improve their health and wellness, 
live a self-directed life and strive to achieve their full potential. Okay, so letting that person be in the driver's seat to determine what their recovery looks like, enabling them to set goals, big or small, and how to achieve those goals, all up to them. It's seeing a person for the person they are and not the symptoms that they experience, right? There are four dimensions of recovery and these four dimensions, they support a life. So first up, it's health. When you're overcoming or managing your conditions, your illness, or your symptoms, when you're able to make informed, healthy choices for your physical and emotional well-being, that is a sign of health, all right? That's a sign of it. And we're always going to be managing our conditions. I don't want anybody to get it twisted and think that, you know, uh, especially if you have chemical imbalance, especially if you have, you know, severe mental illness or real difficulty with substance abuse issues that, you know, it's just going to go away, just magically just disappear. It's something that may be a part of your life. And so as a result, it's important that we learn how to manage these so that we can live life the way that we see fit for ourselves, okay? The next one is home, H-O-M-E, home. Having a stable and safe place to live. I can remember someone once said that oftentimes expectations you know, when it comes to housing, is that people pretty much are supposed to jump through hoops first to satisfy the requirements in order to get housing. But how can one be expected to recover without a place to call home, right? How can they do that? How can you expect them to go to meetings or to seek services or whatever condition they may need, you know, they may need support in when they don't even know where they're going to sleep that night? Do you really think that people enjoy, you know, what they, what do they call it? Couch surfing? Uh, uh, going from shelter to shelter? Give people a home first. Give them some foundation first. And then the rest can fall into place. We're kind of looking at that in the wrong way, right? How about purpose? I'm, I'm big on purpose, all right? Because we weren't created for passion. We were created for purpose. Everybody's here for a reason. Now, passion is all well and good. I'm not, you know, um, doubting it, but I want you to understand that purpose is a very powerful thing and we all have it within us. We just have to recognize what that is. Okay. Engage in meaningful daily activities at your job or at school, volunteering, whether you're caring for your family or you're being creative, right? working for independence, for income and resources so that you can participate in society. And I tell you, I'm working on all of that. I'm, it's like a bit of a long road, but I'm working on all of that, okay? Slowly but surely. And community. We wanna build relationships and social networks that provide support, friendship, love, which help a person to feel a sense of belonging. Everybody, wants to belong. Nobody wants to be cast out. Nobody wants to be on the outside looking in. Everybody wants to belong. All right. Now, something that may be pretty helpful too, uh, for those of us who are on that road to recovery is to develop a recovery plan. 
all right? Now you can do this with a mental health professional or you can do it with someone you trust. And you know, someone who of course has identified themselves through their actions mostly as a supportive person in your recovery journey. Full disclosure, not everyone in your life is supportive. Did you hear what I said? Not everyone in your life is supportive. So be sure to choose wisely because your recovery is too important to mess around. Now, recovery plans, they enable you to identify goals for achieving wellness. They specify what you can do to reach those goals, all right? They track any changes in your mental health program, good or bad, so make adjustments and pivot accordingly, right? And they also help to identify triggers or other stressful events that can make you feel worse. But it gives you the opportunity learn how to manage them. Oh my God, I'm so in the thick of that. I'm so in the thick of that, all right? Identifying those triggers and then learning how to manage them. Believe like God keeps putting stuff in my way so that I can learn how to deal with it differently. All right, I'm definitely feeling that. So remember that recovery does not look the same for everyone. Important for you and you alone to determine what recovery looks like for you. For me, knowing that I have a say in my recovery is very liberating. And learning to manage my mental health conditions is not only empowering, but it also helps in teaching my natural supports how to support me effectively. I really do hope that this information will be of help to you, Village, whether you need support or you are the one that's giving it. Here's to brighter days.
Reba Carlos Centennial I said I love a fella Don't notice The streets are getting hotter There is no water to put out the fire Mi contar esperanza Si mi amaría on the corner Thinking of ways to make it better Then I look up in the sky
Santana featuring the product GNB from his 18th studio album, Supernatural. The song was written by Wyclef Jean, Jerry Wanda Duplessis, and Carlos Santana himself. At the 2000 Grammy Awards, the song won for best pop performance by a duo or group with vocals. It was followed by A Vision of Love by Mariah Carey from her self-titled debut album, released in 1990. This song has been credited in making popular what's called Melissa Moth, or for all intents and purposes, vocal runs. The way she sang that song, honey, it's the way she sang that song. And it inspired female R&B singers since the 90s. It topped the charts in Canada, New Zealand, and the United States. All right, beautiful people, it's time for this week's inspirational story. And the name of this story is called The Three Dolls. Here's the story. A sage presented a prince with a set of three small dolls. The prince was not amused. Am I a girl that you give me dolls, he asked. This is a gift for a future king, sage. Look carefully, you'll see a hole in the ear of each doll. The sage handed him a piece of string and asked him to pass it through each doll that he gave him. Intrigued, the prince picked up the first doll. He put the string into its ear and it came out the other ear. This one type of person, said the sage, represents whatever you tell them it goes in one ear and out the other. Doesn't retain anything. All 
right? They don't retain anything, he said. The prince then put the string into the second doll and it came out through the mouth. Now, this is the second type of person, said the sage, that represents whatever you tell him, he runs and tells everybody else. The prince picked up the third doll and repeated the process. Now, the string, it didn't come out. This is the third type of person, said the sage, that whatever you tell them, it's locked up within them and it never comes out. But what type of person is the best person? Asked the prince. The sage handed him a fourth doll in answer. When the prince put the string into the doll, it came out from the, you know, it went in one ear and out the other. When he did it again, after he repeated the process, the string once again went in one ear, came out the mouth. And then the third time, it didn't come out at all. The sage said to the prince, this is the best type of person, a person who can be trustworthy, all right? A person who knows when not to listen, when to remain silent, and when to speak out. Now, kings and queens, what is the moral of this story? Well, I would say that our response can either make or break a situation. Learning how to be there for someone else can mean the world to them and to you. Enough to make 
was Can You Feel the Love Tonight by Elton John from the animated film, The Lion King. Now at the 65th annual Oscars in March of 1995, he won the Academy Award for best original song. And in that same year, he also won a Grammy for best male pop vocal performance. And bringing it home for us tonight is A Whole New World by Evo Bryson, and Regina Bell. Signature song is from Disney's animated feature film, Aladdin. A Whole New World describes Aladdin showing the confined princess a life of freedom and the pair's acknowledgement of their love for each other while riding on a magic carpet. The song garnered an Oscar for Best Original Song, also at the 65th Academy Awards, it also got a Golden Globe for Best Original Song. And it also won a Grammy for the Song of the Year and Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture or for Television at the 36th Annual Grammy Awards, which made it the first and so far only Disney song to win in that category. Well, kings and queens, it looks like we've come to the end of another show. I do hope that the information provided will be of help to you. Remember, it's always good to do your own research, no matter what the topic is, especially if your life is involved. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. And I'm looking forward to being with you all again here in the village next Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to follow Village Mentality on Instagram at villagementality.ckm 
and on Facebook at Village Mentality, the podcast. You can also catch all episodes of Village Mentality on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, and there's a link provided to each episode, again, on Instagram at villagementality.ckm, as in Mary, and on Facebook at Village Mentality, the podcast. You can catch it at theawakenlounge.com backslash village hyphen mentality. And just remember that God has got me and he's got you too. Be blessed, beautiful people. And here's to brighter days. So stalling, yeah. Everybody's running scared. We used to be so carefree, we used to be so happy, we used to have everything we need. Yeah.